Hey, I'm Matt Simpkins, pastor of Christ South, and this is our podcast. Thanks for listening. I hope this builds you up. I hope this helps you in your faith. I hope this helps you to see God at work. We'll see you at the end of the podcast. Church, just a word as we prepare our hearts and minds thinking over this past week and the difficulties that it has presented. We are reminded that we are surrounded and lifted up in a resurrection hope and promise. And that is the very thing that we get to do as the church. I want you to be thinking about as a church that this is our time to be the church, to show love, to show grace, to show mercy to all our brothers and sisters. This is when the church gets to become relevant again to people that it's become irrelevant to. Let's be the church. Amen? Amen. So, I did something this week that I haven't done in a decade. No, it's not run. Leave me alone. Hell, <laughs> it should be. I did something a little crazy. Uh, over the vacation, like the time we had a little bit of holiday time between Christmas and New Year's, took a few days off. It was great. Thank you so much, church, for supporting me and allowing me to do that. I bought a video game, like a legit video game. I know, I, I bought it. And I bought it because I remembered that when I played video games back in the day, I didn't play tons, but like I got really into NCAA football. That was like my jam. It was so much. Yes, right? Woo! It was awesome. And then it stopped making it. And I was sad. I was like, well, I don't really play video games anymore. Yeah. But I wanted to just relax and kind of take a mental break because of all the things I wanted to think about for the new year and how excited I am about where we're going as Christ South. And we're going to be rebuilding this church this year. It's going to be crazy and wild and awesome and wonderful. But I needed to take a little mental break. And so, I, as you can imagine, I have a little trouble shutting off every once in a while. Uh, so I bought this game. I, I bet there's other people out there like that. It's a blessing and a curse, isn't it, right? Because you get a lot of things done around the house, and it's really great, but then you sit down, and you're like, okay, I got to do some more stuff. It's really ridiculous. I'm pretty sure that I'm just outside of their target market in this video game world, but that's all right. I think it'll be all right. Wait a minute. Why are you... Why are you are you judging me? You don't get to judge me just because I want to buy a video game and I'm 40 years old. I think you ought to be able to do whatever you want to do. I don't need to be feeling embarrassed about it. We all need some kind of outlet. Somebody's got a weird hobby out there that's even weirder or crazier than that. All for all of you guys over 30 years old, over 40 years old, definitely, that like playing video games, go get them. Go do your thing. You game on. All right, I'm back. All right, you ready for preaching time? It was super fun. It was super fun. I haven't bought a game in over a decade. It was so much fun. I played every time I could find a little free moment. I was having so much fun. I realized that in the storyline, there's all these different little tasks and challenges that you got to do, right? It's a game that you play all the way through, and there's all these little tasks and challenges. Now, you can do them in any order you want, but you got to find out which order you want to do them in. So in a way, I started to kind of like really focus in on all the tasks that needed to be done, so much so all right, I kid you not, and I want you to judge me, although I'm sure you're going to. I started making priority lists of the tasks that needed to be done in my video game, like which ones were more important than the others, which ones came first, and like which ones I needed to get done so that I could do the other thing. And all of a sudden, I was realized I'm not really relaxing anymore because like I'm in my game. I got to figure out how to win this thing. I'm really actually just working to accomplish my goal to get all the tasks done like it was my job. <laughs> it's crazy. But in truth... In truth, that's kind of similar. Now walk with me on this. That's kind of similar to how our life as Christ followers, our baptismal life is. See, we receive this gift of baptism, 
and it flows like grace-filled rain over. It's so beautiful. It's this beautiful reflection for us, a sweet confidence in the promises of the Lord. It's baptism. You remember when we did baptisms in the gym? We had we had the big uh, we had that big like whirlpool that we bought on Amazon because we needed a big pool. And that one time we had that one guy who brought that great big tub. It was amazing. We had the, the submersion baptism. I remember we brought this family up, and I could still see the water just flying off like this, and the reflection of God's grace on everybody's face as they were so excited at this beautiful and amazing gift, so sweet and so full of life. But here's the thing. As beautiful as it was, you all know that eventually we had to get out of the hot tub. <laughs> we had to get out of the baptismal font. We had to get out because you know this, and it sounds kind of dumb, but it's the truth. Even though it's beautiful and wonderful, you can't stay in there for very long. You got to get out. We can't live our lives in that pool. We can't just stand there in that one place. I realize it sounds kind of crazy, but I want you to track with me. I want to read Mark 1, 4 through 13. If you got it, uh, I'm going to read the, the NIV version. All right. So we're going to read the NIV version together. Mark 1, 4 through 13. All right. Walk with me here. If I can get my pages out in just a second. There we go. And so John the Baptist appeared in the wilderness, preaching a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins. The whole Judean countryside and all the people of Jerusalem went out to him, confessing their sins. They were baptized by him in the Jordan River. It's beautiful. John wore clothing made of camel's hair and a leather belt around his waist, and he ate locusts and wild honey. Interesting detail. We'll talk about that another time. And this was his message. After me comes the one more powerful than I, the straps of whose sandals I'm not worthy to stoop down and untie. I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 9, this is the story. At that time, Jesus came from Nazareth in Galilee and was baptized by John in the Jordan. Just as Jesus was coming up out of the water, he saw heaven being torn open. And a spirit descending on him like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my son, whom I love. With you I am well pleased. Oh. And at once, the spirit sent him out into the, to the wilderness. Some scriptures say immediately. And he was in the wilderness 40 days, being tempted by Satan. He was with the wild animals, and the angels attended him. This is the word of the Lord to which we say, thanks be to God. Mark 4, or Mark 1, is just beautiful, isn't it? I mean, it is just beautiful. I mean, you could, can you imagine the scene? I've talked about this. this every, you know, every January 13th, 14th, 15th, somewhere around in there, every single year, I'm going to preach on the baptism of Jesus. I'm going to say the same things because I imagine standing there every time like a movie and it's just beautiful, like Lion King style, like he's a like everybody's coming around. It's beautiful and here's Jesus down in the stream and he goes down, he comes out and you know, the water goes flying and the dove comes down and James Earl Jones, this is my son. You know, like this just beautiful, amazing thing. But then, verse 12 and 13 happen. Immediately he's out in the desert, in the wilderness. Now, Jesus didn't stay in the water very long. He was named and claimed, and it was beautiful. But immediately he was ripped out into the wilderness because he has work to do, because he has a mission to fulfill. And it wasn't just to sit there in the water, because water leads to wilderness. Now say this with me, church. Water leads to wilderness. 
And it's not because God's some sort of sadistic God, but it's because there's work to be done in our lives, in our baptismal lives, in that water. It should lead us to wilderness because that's where Jesus went. Work to be done. Mission to fulfill. Have you ever been... Have you ever been in one of those mountain chalets like in, in Gatlinburg? I'm an East Tennessee guy, man. I love, I love going over there mountain, especially like during the winter, winter time when you kind of hope that it's going to like snow you in and you got just enough food. And at the time you got some movies and you just sit there and you watch the snow come down. But outside they got a hot tub and you could go out when it's like 20 degrees and the wind's blowing, the snow's coming down and everything. And you can get down in that hot tub and there's something magical about being in that hot tub. And it's so absolutely absolutely amazing here you are down in this it's my roots i'm sorry y'all i've got a little redneck in me and that's just you got you got what you got right you already knew that was so warm so beautiful so cozy well here's the thing at some point you have to get out of the hot tub and when you do it is brutal because you are wet now and you are outside and it is 20 degrees and the wind is coming and the snow is hitting you and you're like oh my god you gotta go in so fast you take off running into the house to get warmed up staying by the fire because you gotta get out of the water and when you do it's rough it's rough think about this Jesus is the Lord of all creation. Jesus can do whatever Jesus wants to do. Think about that. Jesus could stay in the water as long as Jesus wants to. I mean, probably got all his people there. I don't know, the Lion King animals are there too. I'm probably sure it's something like that. His cousins baptizing him. It's beautiful. The Lord's voice skids them. It says that the sky skids ripped open, right? It's an amazingly beautiful word. And this dove descends down. I mean, come on. Wouldn't you want to stay there? Just stay there. This is great. This is awesome. Everything is wonderful and beautiful. And it's true. It's beautiful. But Jesus got up and got out and went from water to wilderness. He left the water and went in the world to serve. Mark goes on to say that immediately he was sent into the wilderness, ripped into the wilderness. Now, why? because that's where Jesus goes to get to work. You guys remember all my sermons. I know you do. You've got them on like repeat on your, like on your little, uh, what do they call it? Podcast. I'm on your podcast and you're listening to it three times a day. I'm sure. Uh, You're on. And thanks. Danny said, I'm not even going to tell you what he said. But you remember a couple weeks ago, I talked about the sermon of John the Baptist. We kind of read a different part of this story. We talked about how John was out preaching and he was preaching and he was calling out. He said, I am the one crying out in the wilderness, make a way for the Lord. Now, I talked about the comma was in the wrong place because I think the translation that we have, well, there was no punctuation. So they got to sort of pick where the comma went. I think they put it in the wrong place because what John is saying is not, I'm the one crying out in the wilderness, which is where it said he was, make a way for the Lord. No. What John was saying was, I'm the one crying out, comma, in the wilderness, make a way for the Lord. And I talked about, I was preaching in the woods over here, right? You remember? You remember now. That is where God comes to us. That's where Jesus is at work. It's in the wilderness. It's not just in the places where everything is wonderful and cutesy, but if you're in the wilderness, get ready because Jesus is about to show up. 
Come on, church. Jesus gets to work immediately in the wilderness. Now, I'm going to get a little fiery here for a minute, and y'all just going to have to go with me, and I'm sorry about that. But listen, baptism for so many people is an end. It's the end of a faith journey. It's like we're going on this faith journey, we're moving in this direction, and all of a sudden we're baptized and everything. That's like the culmination of the whole thing. It's a confession of faith. It's a moment when they can point to that they put the work together to be there for God. I found the Lord. I found Jesus. I found grace and forgiveness. Look at me. I got baptized, but it's not an end, church. It's the beginning. And let me tell you, you did nothing in that moment but receive because it's God who was at work. It's God who was moving in your life. Jesus, the Lord of all, even Jesus, the Lord of all, received the Holy Spirit, received the voice of the Lord, received a name. That's what it means. And here's why that's important. Because when, not if, when you fall away from faith, when you have those moments in your life where you're like, dude, I, 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 don't, I, don't, I don't even care anymore. I can, I can even, I just with COVID, I just can't. I can't. I don't even know where to start. And all this news from this past week, I don't even, I don't even know where to start. I got no words. But you know, you weren't the one that brought faith to you. So you can't make, you can't make the faith fall away. You weren't the one who did the work. So you can't disrupt it. You weren't the one that created the path. So you can't get lost. The Lord walks with you through the midst of the wilderness when you go off the path. That's how the Lord works. That's where the Lord is. That's what we hear over and over and over again. It's God's gifts to you, God's promise to you, and those promises are forever, and you can't screw that up. You can't mess up your baptism. You don't have to get baptized a thousand times. Just once, the Lord does it one time, and Lord's promises are forever. You fall away, it's all right. God's going to fall away with you and walk with you in the midst of that wilderness. We as a church have to shout this at the top of our lungs. Brothers and sisters, we have to stop idealizing baptism as some end that makes it into some sort of like, like, like fire insurance. Like, as long as I get baptized, I won't burn. I got fire insurance. That's not what baptism is. Baptism is the beginning. Our baptism calls us to tasks in the world, calls us from water to wilderness because it's time to get to work. It's not our commitment to Jesus that makes it real. It's the Jesus commitment to us that makes it real. Come on church. I'm preaching to somebody. I know it. Baptism is the beginning of seeing life in a whole new way, of living in hope, of feeling the confidence in God's promises. But as we follow Jesus, means we take time, take on the tasks at hand. It's time to figure out where in the wilderness that we are called to go. Where in the wilderness is God calling you to go? Luther said, every day wash your face, and when you wash your face, remember your baptism. Remember the grace and mercy of God in that moment, that Lion King moment where the sky was ripped open and all your family was around and you were either dunked in the waters or the water was put on your head or placed on your head or dripped on your head. And God claimed you into the family of God. We live in the water daily, but then we get to work in the wilderness. Now that feels heavy, right? Because it's like, all right, Matt, I, I, I hear what you're saying, right? Because you're saying baptism is this awesome thing. And I know that I was baptized and that's really cool. But now like I'm supposed to get to work. Like, doesn't that feel like, like works kind of righteousness? Like if I don't do this thing, like what's the deal? No, it's because therefore, because God loves us so much, meets us in the waters of baptism. Therefore, we get to go and be the church in a world's waiting for it. 
I used to um, I used to play in a little uh, we we were um, a churchy um, youth band called Boy Wonder with my buddy Chandler who's awesome and Jill it was so much fun we had a great time we used to um, go around playing all these youth events during seminary and a little bit after and it was so much fun we had all this great time and Jill and Chandler and I that was a trip man that was really fun we used to play all these little things and I would ask kids in the middle of our show I'd say I want you to write air like cursive write your name in the air right and so they would do so they would just write their name they go off the whole thing right I say listen that's really great but you only got it half right Everybody write your first name. And I'd say, stop. No. This is how you write the rest of it. It goes like this. You know what I'm about to do. Up, down, left, right. That's how you spell your name. Because as a acclaimed child of God, your name no longer is sinner, broken one, forgetful one one who's full of guilt, the one who's full of shame, the one who did all of those things. No, your name is child of God. When you're baptized into Christ, you become a child of God. We as children of God are one family, the body of Christ. Now I know this feels like a really kind of heavy, maybe like a theological kind of sermon, but I'm telling you, this is like rubber hits the road kind of stuff for us nowadays, because the world is going to try to tell us who we are, who we are, who we're supposed to be. And when I'm talking about we, I'm talking about the church. And in a lot of ways right now, the church feels irrelevant to people. But this is our time. This is our time to make the church relevant to a people that see it as irrelevant. That's what we get to do, church. We get to be in the wilderness. We get to be the hands and feet of Christ. We get to be the body taken into a world that's desperate and waiting and hoping because we all share the same last name, one family, up, down, left, right. And let me just tell you what. I know you miss your family. I know you miss this church family. I miss you too. We all miss one another. And we're working hard to figure out ways that we can get back together safely as soon as we possibly can. It is devastating to so many of us. You are not alone. If you're feeling disenfranchised and you happen to tune in this long to the sermon, thanks. But if you're feeling pulled away and lost and disenfranchised, know that you're not alone. You're not alone. A lot of our family feels like we're in the wilderness now. So here's the challenge. I want you to do this right now. This is a little crazy. I, I've never done this before in a sermon, so this will be a little crazy. I want you to text me, church, the entire family of, the, of God. I want you to text me right now who you are going to reach out to, who, who might be in wilderness. You don't know. Maybe they're in wilderness right now. Maybe they're not. But who are you going to reach out to? I want you to just text me a name right now text me. You can email, you can put it in the chat. You can direct message me on Facebook, however you want to get it to me. I want to challenge you today to reach out to somebody that might be in wilderness that might not. And you're going to reach out to them and you're going to tell them, Hey, I love being in God's family with you. How are you doing? What's going on? Peace be with you. Just want to send you some love. Just thinking about you today, praying over you today. Whatever it is, I want you to do that right now. And then send me, you don't even send me the name, you just send me initials. But send me a text right now. I'm my phone to start blowing up right now, right now. Text me and let me know. Because this worship time that we get to spend together, it's like the water. 
But when it's done, we gotta get out of that hot tub and it's cold out there and it's brutal. And it feels like all we can do is try to run as fast as we can to the warmth of the fire that's waiting for us. You know what that warmth and the fire is? It's you. It's you. For someone else out there, they are outside the hot tub and they are in that cold and they are looking for the warmth of you, church. This is the time where the church gets to be the church. So be it. And brothers and sisters, there's wilderness all around us. So live in the beauty of this water. See the beauty of the grace bestowed on you. Take it in and then go from water to wilderness. And don't be afraid because there's someone there that needs you. Take the risk to do something with it. Don't, don't worry about what people think about you. Step out of that easy, comfortable space and go into that wilderness knowing that God will walk with you. God will be beside you. God will cut the path for you and you can't screw it up. God will always be with you no matter what. And take that hope, that grace. Take that voice of God, that naming and claiming. Take that beauty and follow Jesus from water into wilderness. And let's go change the world together today. Come on, church. Amen. Pray with me if you would. Good and gracious God, we know that you are with us. We know that this is a time of struggle and just goodness gracious. I thought 2020 was going to be crazy. <laughs> But Lord, this is the time where you call the church to be the church. That, that we would be just drenched in the waters of baptism as we walk into that wilderness. That we might bring hope and grace and mercy to somebody right now. Lord, show us as a church in this moment who we're supposed to reach out to. And then give us the strength to reach out to them. Maybe it's somebody that we used to hang out with around the coffee uh, stuff before church. Or maybe it's somebody that we joke about eating the last cookie on the refreshments table. Maybe it's somebody that we sat next to in the gym. Maybe it's somebody that we're just getting to know. Maybe it's somebody that we haven't seen in a long time. Maybe it's a relative. Maybe it's a friend. Maybe it's a coworker. But God, put someone in all of our hearts as we listen to this that you want us to reach out to right now. We pray this in the name of Jesus, Lord. We know that you will help your church be the church. Call us out, Lord, from the water to the wilderness. In Jesus' name we pray, and all of God's children say, amen. All right, I hope that was helpful. If so, I ask you a couple of things. One, share this with a friend so that they can hear some good news in their life too. And if you want to continue that impact beyond, we ask that you go to ChristSouth.org to the online giving tab and give to this ministry so that we can continue to share this with others. We'll see you on the next podcast or maybe in person at 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings at Polo Ridge Elementary in Charlotte, North Carolina. Blessings and peace. Have an awesome week.